0: Two of us. If it wasn't 2:30 a.m. and we could genuinely call this an episode, this would be episode 113 of Two Grown Men. Hello, listener. It's me, Nick. It's very late. It's very, very late. Um, it's my birthday in a few days. It's actually quite a few days off. But my lovely wife invited some of our lovely friends over to begin the sort of celebration of my birthday, uh, which I think we're going to be doing a bit more of over the weekend. Um, and so we had lovely Chinese food and lovely friends over and a lovely game of Risk Legacy, and it was all good. Wow, oh, Risk Legacy is so good. Um, I'm having a bit of a weird time at the moment. I'm going through a bit of an existential crisis maybe. I don't know. And I think maybe I'm finally properly old because I genuinely don't know how old I am this year. Um, I have to do it, like work it through in my head every time. And that isn't great. So I think I'm 443, uh, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, it's been a, I don't a weird couple of weeks at work. I don't know if I'm just really overstimulated or what I keep feeling like I've not had enough coffee or I've had too much coffee and I just can't decide and maybe I'm drinking too much coffee and maybe that's what the problem is. I don't know. It's very, very difficult to get to the bottom of. But um, I spend a lot of time in comics culture online and that's all been a fucking train wreck recently. It's been very, very strange. It seems like, and this happens every few months and it's probably as much a a a facet of mental healthiness or something. But it seems like sometimes uh, every single conversation and every single issue you could talk about seems like quite a big deal. Um, Maybe that's part of that is because at the moment we're going through a whole uh, EU thing here in England and America's going through the whole thing of having um, Donald Trump uh, rushing around and maybe that will all come to nothing, but the, it just it makes everything heightened and makes everything feel like the stakes are huge. In comics, um, comic creators seem to be uh, complaining a lot about comic readers and that's all really weird, um, especially because... I like a lot of comic creators but I'm basically a comic reader um, and it's it's all very strange. The boys are great, my boys are wonderful, um, Max is properly learning to talk, he can say his brother's name which is kind of amazing, doesn't sound like it would be, really is though. It's very strange though, when Noah was learning how to say words like that, he was like mispronouncing them like a, a toddler. When Max says Noah, it's like, if you weren't looking at his face, you know how when you're watching TV and they get, a, they've got like a little baby actor and they're doing the, the scene, the big scene where he says his first words and, and you watch it and it's clear that it's someone doing the the, the voice of a baby doing the first word. Um, It's kind of like that. He's got a very clear enunciation when he's saying Noah. It's very strange and and weird. Um, Noah is potty training. He's doing very well, thanks for asking. I won't go into detail about it because it's kind of gross, but one thing I will say is I don't think anyone ever really understands uh, when thinking about having kids that there will be a point where... They're going to be exchanging texts with their partner about uh, poo and we, and there's going to be pride attached to it. There's an awful lot of poo and we conversations being texted, and there's a weird amount of pride to it. You also don't expect. Uh, I think I don't think you're really prepared for how much toddler butthole you're going to be seeing. It's very strange indeed. I can't really get away with making the the title of this episode Toddler Butthole, can I? No, I I probably won't do that. Um, But a couple of things, there are a couple of things that I really wanted to talk to you about. James isn't here, by the way, that's probably obvious. By now, even I can't normally manage talking this much without letting him get a word in edgeways. uh, He's on holiday, and I I miss him terribly. Um, So terribly that I've been talking for about 10 minutes and only just mentioned him no i really I really do miss him terribly. I'm sure he's okay. I'm sure he's fine, but yeah, so I wanted to record this earlier in the week because uh, it was a bank holiday week, and we took the boys to the park and um I know it's a relatively benign thing that good people try not to judge other people's parenting and and most of the things you see probably don't really amount to anything and children aren't really going to be damaged by a lot of the small microaggressions you see in the street probably except you know I say that because I'm trying to make you think that I'm a much more reasonable person than I am but actually I think that all of those microaggressions sort of mount up and can twist children up into these horrible creatures in later life so anyway I think we were doing quite well with our boys. There was um, a 10-year-old boy, I'm guessing, at 10. Quite, like, seemed like a nice kid. Um, Quite scrawny and a little bit awkward looking. Wearing, like, glasses. um, and Carrying a football. And his uh, dad, I'm guessing, was there with him. And he was this total... Uh, jock guy probably quite good looking I don't know bare arms lots of muscles loads of tattoos a sort of vesty top thing and there was this other old guy there that seemed really unimpressed with being there I'm guessing it was three generations of the same family I don't know um, and the first time I really clocked these guys was the they were inside the park area and they were kicking the ball around and the dad was very cold and sort of workmanlike about it. And he uh, he kicked the he said to the boy, like, right. So I'm going to kick the ball to you. I want you to get control of it. I want you to pass it back to me. I'll pass it back to you, and I want you to like kick it in the goal. The goal was just the end of the they'd, they'd allocated it as a sort of a, a bit of the fence that was going to be the goal. And I watched, and the um, it's just now occurring to me as I'm telling this story that I've got an awful lot tied up in people, uh, like emotionally, in uh, young boys trying to do football stuff. So, so the boy did a really good job. The dad kicked the ball to him. He got control of it. It was only two touches, and then kicked it back to the dad, and then dad kicked it back, and he kicked it towards the goal, and it was all fine. And uh, and the dad said. No, what did no? What did I tell you? You got to get the like. You got to get more control of the ball when it gets to you. Like just one touch, and then back to me, and then in the goal. Um, and maybe it seems a little bit soft of me. I don't know, but I I kind of felt I it really jabbed at me that the guy didn't even say. Yeah, well done. That isn't quite what we wanted. That isn't quite what I said. But, like, I mean, he wasn't at fucking school, you know. He was just down at the park with his dad and granddad. Um, and instead of getting any sort of encouragement, his dad just said, no, that isn't what I wanted. You've got to do this. And then the kid got it right and then his dad did give him a little bit of reinforcement. Well, it's not really positive reinforcement if the kid's actually doing exactly what you want him to do. You know, it's um, it was weird and I tried not to think too hard about it because I think what's weirder isn't that I saw that because that's relatively benign compared to all of the people you see sort of slapping their kids in public and stuff like that. Uh, but it's weird that I just wasn't really able to stop thinking about it. And then later on, the kid was running around doing very boyish stuff. He was, like, climbing up really high on tops of climbing frames that, to the bits that you weren't supposed to and stuff. And he was stood right on top of one, and uh, and he just kept shouting, Dad, Dad, Dad. Like, easily loud enough for his dad to hear. Um, sort of, Dad. Dad and I could tell I looked over at his dad and his granddad, they were like deep in conversation. But I could tell that you could kind of hear him and was just ignoring him. And after a little bit he sort of he turned and just said We're talking over here and went back to what he was doing. And and then I'm I can't I don't know, I didn't really hear exactly what they said, but it I could sort of tell that there was a there was a little frizz on of I mean, what the fuck, you know, we're talking going on between the two of them. The granddad sort of tutted and just sort of sneered a little bit and and Amy was what like Amy noticed them as well. She was in a slightly different part of the park. I was with one of the boys, she was with the other one. And she noticed later on that the dad was that the boy kept coming over to the um them with the football and they kept kicking it further and further away. And then when the boy was having to go further away to get it, leaving them on their own, who's kind of dad was laughing because like it was his way of tricking the boy to leave the, to leave them alone. It's just weird. But I think I think what kind of broke my heart really wasn't in my head. What I'm thinking is uh, it, always I'm I'm thinking I'm worrying about people feeling rejected. And the thing that made me really sad about the boy was when he was shouting, dad, 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 and the dad paid attention, the boy lit up so much. And he was so proud that his dad had finally seen him climbing this thing. And every time, and he kept running around and climbing on tops of really tall things in really like risky ways and just looking over to see if his dad was looking with this kind of hopeful look on his face. And I don't think the kid even felt any rejection. And that bothered me. Because I was like, this kid really wants his dad to like him. Like, maybe he'll get to a point where he's like, well, fuck you, dad. I do not respect your paradigm. And then they'll have a really difficult relationship for like the rest of his teens and then probably the rest of their lives. I don't know. But what's more likely is he's going to want to impress his dad so much that he's going to become more and more like his dad. Maybe his dad stood a chance, but it was only like that because of the unimpressed granddad. I, I don't know. That really got to me because... Because of the thing that we always say in a way that makes it sound like it's a joke, that patriarchy is a trap. Masculinity is a trap or at least that sort of masculinity um it it weirded me out that didn't make me doubt myself at all it just i didn't like it i really didn't like it i kind of wanted to say something uh to the guy and um that would have been stupid um and the funny thing is that doesn't even relate that is not the relationship I had with my dad at all or have with my dad at all. There were efforts to try and get me into football and stuff like that when I was younger, but none of there was nothing like that. Um at least from the perspective of my father. I had a relatively positive um the positive not role model, but I guess role model there was this uh, strong sort of intellectual bent going on there where um, even though he was very into sport he was also very into reading and and that really encouraged me as well and playing playing like video games but quite thoughtful video games because everything you're doing at that point was text adventures and stuff so it wasn't like i looked at that kid and thought oh that's like me with my dad um, but it, it did just make me feel like, well, that kid's fucked, basically. Like, not as fucked as a kid from a much more underprivileged background. You know, he's still going to be relatively all right. He's a like a white boy, you know. But <sighs> I felt very weird about it. I think I've been thinking about that a lot this week. The other thing I really want to talk about, and it's not linked, except it is linked just in my selfish, personal window onto the world sort of view, um, there's uh, the first column in a series that I really, really recommend you read. Um, it's written by Jay Edidin, uh who is one half of uh, Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, which is an excellent podcast. Jay comes uh, comes from... Uh, it's probably not a long career because Jay's in their 30s, so, like, to me, that still seems really young, but has been an editor and a writer and, and now, obviously, is a podcaster of some renown. And um, and this This uh, uh, first column is written really, really well. It's a really good piece of writing. It's very short. Uh, It's the first part in a series called How to Be a Guy um, at a website called Mel, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, Jay is a uh, a trans man and has come out as a trans man uh, in their 30s. I'm not sure exactly how old they are. And... The post is really good. It's kind of not flippant so much. It's very intelligently written, but it's also it's also very sort of light and accessible and 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 pretty cool and uh, and and doesn't take itself too seriously. There's a reference to the bird cage early on, which I really really appreciated. Jay is one of the few people. I'm a very, uh, you know, I respect that I respect a lot of people to a certain level, but there are very few people I will let change my mind about anything. I've thought very hard, even when I'm wrong, I've normally thought very hard about the things that I'm apparently wrong about, um, and it's very difficult for me to course correct. Jay is one of a handful of about four or five writers who just, through the thoughtfulness of their writing, even when they're angry, Can, if not change my mind, can completely shift my perspective on something. I was talking uh, on Facebook to someone earlier on about David Brothers, and about how I think I've always been pretty smart about understanding racism, but I really didn't. I I learned an awful lot, or at least I had my brain completely split open on the subject of race by David Brothers and um, and another writer. Which is a weird distinction and I, the, I, it's a distinction I came up with earlier on and I don't think it really stood. But the difference between, um, I understand racism, I, I've experienced it actually and um, I understand when it can be awful and and hurtful and also when people can just, you know, kind of just accept it into their worldview and understand that it's just something they're gonna to have to deal with. I understand that resignation to it sometimes as well. And I used to be very angry about it as a teen, got less angry about it later on. But there are just certain areas of uh see, some people would call it racism as as well. Um, but I think it's more just uh um like insensitivity, racial insensitivity about things just understanding how deep the the inequities go was something I was never going to learn from people shouting, especially not from white middle-class guys shouting at me about it. But um, But these writers who were very considered, but also speaking very honestly from their own experiences and really smart about the world, managed to completely changed the way I looked at that whole thing and that's so rare for me because as I said I'm really stubborn and uh, and think I'm way smarter than everyone else already uh, so it's very difficult for people to change my mind um Jay on identity politics and on pretty much everything else has always had been one of those writers who can do that so I think I'm putting a lot on this first column as I said it's just the beginning in a series Um, As they put it, they're trying to crack the cipher of masculinity, uh, basically as a trans man, making the point that they have to become experts in masculinity in a way that that other people, people who were born um, and have lived as men, maybe don't. I had a lot of trouble with the column when I read it. The problem is Jay is so insightful and watches the world around them so closely um, that through talking about masculinity and and even the bits where they're joking a little bit um about, about thing or being quite light about things that they're trying to learn and Trying to navigate through what's performed masculinity and, and, and what what's actually innate to being a man uh, made me realise that part of the reason why I always used to really struggle, uh, and the thing I guess I've never really come to terms with actually, uh, really struggle, was I've I guess I've never understood how anybody could be so sure about not just the other gender, but for any gender uh, about about any of the roles, about any of the traits, about any of that stuff because I was reading this post and everything Jay says is absolutely right. These are all um, whether, whether we're talking about performed or innate, these are all aspects of masculinity that men are supposed to uh, fit in with and I just realised that I haven't got most of them down pat and what's worse is in the last few years i've become very aware of the fact that most of the traits that i think of as masculine are also pretty negative they're they're not great to be honest and i think most of the ones that i i do there are lots of things that um i look at that i do or i think that are definitely very male um and they're not the good things about me, necessarily. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's It was very strange. It was very strange. Um, the thing is, I trust Jay, and I know that everything that I was thinking while I was reading it is definitely something they will have will have been considering or are considering or will be covering later on or whatever but there were just a couple of phrases where i found myself my uh, immediate reaction to some of the stuff about masculine etiquette um was this weird sneery, well i'm 43 and i haven't got a fucking clue about that one um which made me feel really weird (laughs) um It's good. I think. I think it's probably a good thing. Um, it's probably going to be a good thing for everyone to read. Probably, um, it's not just about trying to come to grips with masculinity as a as a trans man. I think clearly, it hit me at a level I wasn't expecting it to—a very personal and self-absorbed level. Um, I think at the point that um, I'm making somebody else's experience of of transitioning somehow about me, that's probably a low point uh, at which I should be saying goodnight. So um, I'm going to go now, listener. By the time uh, you next hear from me, I will be either 43 or 44. Could I dream that maybe I'm going to be 42 No, I think it's definitely going to be 43. Um, Hopefully next time uh, it'll be me and James. Uh, I think we've got lots to catch up about. Uh, If you want to support the podcast, uh, this podcast end, we have issues, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash TOTP. You can follow us on Twitter at 2gmpod. Uh, I realized the other day that that account has a lot less people following it than my main account. Um, so, uh, if you don't know about that, it's definitely worth going and following it because we I talk about different things on the different uh, on the different Twitter accounts. There's also a Facebook page at uh, Two Grown Men, and uh, that's all the weather. Thank you very much for your indulgence, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye.